Vox. 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 Vox Populi. Podcast. So you may hear some background noise occasionally in this podcast. Please excuse it. We have decided to leave the windows open in order to better ventilate and remain safe. So just keep that in mind and please excuse the noise. Welcome everyone to our ongoing conversation about makeshift. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Vox's 2020 juried show. And this conversation features Brittany Webb and James Claiborne, who are the co-curators of this exhibit. It also features me. I'm Imani Roach. I am a Vox member and an artist and an educator. Welcome, Brittany and James. Thank you. I am Brittany Webb. I am the Evelyn and Will Kaplan Curator of 20th Century Art and the John Roden Collection at the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts. Hey, I'm James Claiborne. I'm Public Programming Manager at the African American Museum in Philadelphia. So one of the things that I really noticed in both looking through the selected artists and reading your really beautiful essays um, is that a lot of the work in this show is really devoted and dedicated to exploring its materials. I don't know if medium specific work is quite quite the right way to call it, but I'm thinking specifically of like Emily Bayless's clay works. I'm thinking of Bonnie Caro who did the brick sculptures. I'm thinking of several of the textile works as well. There's a lot of work that seems really intentional about its materials and thinking about the relationship between material, form, and theme. Um, And, you know, reflecting on the past year plus that we've all lived through, one of the things that has felt new to me not necessarily an artistic discourse, but just like in the world is a broader awakening to the the reality of like the structures of this country, the social structures, the political structures, and the way that those structures actually impact our lives. Really being able to think about things like racism, for example, as structural, right? As opposed to just like coincidental or interpersonal. For me, a lot of this like material exploration work feels really like in harmony with this like new moment of thinking about structures. That is like me putting my own, you know, crap onto it. But it, you know, I think part of the reason that's so refreshing for me is that like, as someone who comes from a really sort of traditional art historical background and, and set of like training practices, I have always been trained to think about material exploration and medium specificity as this kind of like white male apolitical thing, right? That like leads to minimalism or that like leads to Jackson Pollock or something, right? Which is like very different than the kind of work that's in this show. And so A, I'm like loving all of this like explorative, sort of like material-based work or like material-focused work. And I'm also just curious about like the politics of that work and if you feel like there is something potentially political about 
or if there can be something political, I guess, about work that is like really invested in exploring its own materials. So thank you for that question uh, and provocation. I will start with my own biases. I have a BA in political science. I'm a pretty staunch feminist. Uh, I think the personal is political. I think everything is political. I think politics is more broad than most of our conversations allow for. And so that's the, the long way of saying yes, of course, because the politics of who gets to practice art, who gets to call themselves an artist, who has access to artistic training, who has access to materials which are not free. Um, all of that is impacted, structured heavily by politics. I and mean, this is sort of a moment where, you know, we're in a pandemic and a recession. And so all of the ways that those things have always been political are in really sharp relief right now. When you talk to artists who are making work differently because they cannot financially afford to make the work that they typically make, whether that's about how much their materials cost or the kind of spaces that they have access to. I know a lot of people that had to give up studio space as a result of the pandemic, but I still think that James and I were really lucky to have such a breadth of materials to sort of be looking at and to create work from. And we don't necessarily subscribe to hierarchies around painting, sculpture, drawing. And so it's really nice to think about, you know, the politics of some of the, especially the textile base work for the themes they're dealing with. And so I was just looking at this textile base work by Tabitha Arnold, who has this this piece called Panopticon, which feels really important in a city like Philadelphia with Eastern State Penitentiary to sort of think about that local history. But to do pieces like that and and sea chains where you've got these these images of sort of protest slogans and, and signs that we've seen a lot lately, you know, around cancel rent or abolish work. And to think about the Panopticon as a tactic of surveillance to make that work out of wool and and thread and to make that like to, to deal with like a tough subject both conceptually tough and the kind of like hardness of what you think about as like a penitentiary like that the material hardness to make that work out of a something as soft as cotton and thread feels like a a nice dichotomy right to to decide that those the materials are of those themes are tough you know we're talking about concrete buildings um we're talking about state violence we're thinking about violence of the carceral apparatus in this country the violence of not having a comprehensive policy to keep everyone housed um, in this this moment, that this cultural housing crisis that we're all in, to make work about that out of a material so soft that you want to wrap yourself in it feels like something that's interesting to think with in this work. And I think that we also felt the same about the work of the artist Emilio Maldonado, who had such fascinating approaches to making work about Puerto Rico. I think of Puerto Rico as like a geographic site that confounds all of the ways that we typically think and talk about the United States, sort of what it is and what is supposed to happen here um, and who was managing that. Puerto Rico was a site where all of that is is going wrong because settler colonialism is an ongoing violent process that people are struggling to live through at all times. And so I think that there's something really smart about his approach to the work materially, you know, to take as artistic materials for a piece called In the Lonesome, all of that found brick. There's a lot of great brick work. 
I think in this publication to have at a distance be this this inversion of the Puerto Rican flag in black and white um, with all of these candles at the at the base of a door. I mean, these aren't the materials that you purchase at Blick. So there's there's a way that the materials sort of confound our understanding of what art is and what art can be. I think we got really lucky to to think with all of that work with the with the works that got submitted by these artists this year. When I was thinking about this question of materiality and the, the materials that the artists are working with, I was doing this mapping to my neighborhood. You know, I live here in Philly. I live in Point Breeze. If you know anything about Point Breeze, it's a really rapidly gentrifying neighborhood. It's also a neighborhood that's been historically African-American. It could be the poster child for gentrification. The, you know, the tension is tangible within Point Breeze. You ride the bus and you hear these conversations. There's too many dogs in this new house. The houses are going up too quick. But one of the things I'm always noticing is the, the tearing down of structures and what's revealed when that happens. And so it's aesthetically pleasing to me when they tear a house down and there's the side of the house still left and the wallpaper's there. There's an echo of a, of a staircase. Um, and for me, that kind of makes kind of time tangible. It makes time kind of alive within that physical footprint. And I feel like I'm seeing some of the same things happening within the artists and the way that they're talking about their materials and the way that they're sitting that within a tradition and questioning who got to decide the ways we think about that tradition, who got celebrated as masters of that tradition. I particularly were, uh, was interested in Kimberly English, who in her artist statement says, deconstructing garments began as a way to familiarize myself with their construction. By investigating making through unmaking, the labor of the garment's creation is revisited. And that just really makes me come alive. It kind of makes my mind buzz. And I'm thinking about Emily Bayless, who you mentioned earlier, and those gorgeous blue and white vessels, right? Uh, my mom had a room just like dedicated to those blue and white vessels. And it was a special room. She got excited when she found one. And so there's all this kind of economics and, and all these hierarchies at play that ripple through our lives that we don't get a chance to sit with and understand. And I feel like like with a lot of the artists who particular are approaching uh, the materials they're working with or the kind of disciplines that they sit within, questioning the, the historical approach. And many of them are breaking that down and tearing that apart, sometimes like literally deconstructing a garment or sometimes it's the building up, right? So Emily Bayless for me is someone using humor and, and creating these larger than life structures I think in many ways to challenge the ways that we are taught to approach uh, that work. I'm thinking a lot about the creation of new worlds. We have a few of the artists who are kind of uh, coming up with their own worlds that sit opposite of the discrimination, the injustices uh, that they experience in, in kind of daily lives or daily within their practice. So I think it's compelling to think about form as a way to tear down, but also form as a way to kind of build up or reveal kind of new possibilities. I also think that there's 
there's some great ways that the the collage work in this publication also do that. The unmaking and the remaking. There's both found object sculpture, which takes an approach of, you know, encountering materials in the world and that have been made for other things and to repurpose them to make a new thing. There's some great collage work by Doriana Diaz and uh, M. Osley Dukan that are also doing a similar kind of what does it mean to take an existing material, an existing history to, to sort of cut it up and refashion it into something that is beautiful or more interesting or in the case of, of the, the repurposed history paintings into digital collages for, for Osley to, to make that into a history that's more accurate, to, to tell that history from, from a kind of dissenting opinion. So I'm shaking my head vigorously because I was already going to ask about the sort of found object thing that is happening a lot in this book. I was what James was just saying. You think about that again from like my sort of art historical brain, the idea of found object sculpture as some kind of like avant-garde discovery of white male artists is so ingrained in like the art historical canon and yet also, there's this whole other history of people of color, let alone artists of color, repurposing things because they can't buy new things, right? So this is not like the idea of like finding something and doing something else with it and putting it in a different context and making it new it has very different histories depending on like what book you're looking in. That was so refreshing. There are a lot of artists many of the ones we've talked about who are like doing that found object thing but in a way that is like taking into account the sort of like history and politics of of the ready-made and how that just looks really different depending on like where you're coming from it also it's it speaks to a kind of just brilliance of to make beautiful work or to make interesting work out of trash or rubble or things that have been material discarded because they have come to the end of whatever somebody imagined their purpose was like this the way that artists sort of decide no this this these materials are not actually at the end of their purpose i am seeing a new purpose and i am re-engaging them in the world like that feels like a kind of brilliance to go back to the early part of this conversation about the politics of that there's a politics in seeing that as a kind of brilliance that um, is not just the the purview of historically uh you know white male minimalists james in your essay you do talk about that work that artists are called to do to like imagine other worlds and that feels connected to what Brittany was just saying about like being able to see the potential that objects have the potential that materials have both to do what they are meant to do but then also to do more than what they're meant to do they're reclaiming objects but they're reclaiming communities they're reclaiming workers they're reclaiming traditions uh, when so much of the narrative is dominated by white men dominated by privilege really it leaves a lot out of the conversation and so i think that's something else that's really powerful to me about the reclamation of an item the deconstruction of a garment they're working through craft and form and really committed to it but they're they're picking up and as they're kind of rebuilding garments or rebuilding their work, I think they're picking up pieces of things that historical narratives and institutions too often are comfortable leaving behind and out of the conversation.
yes and uh, extend uh, James's observation, I'm thinking about that Maldonado has a piece that's called The Patriot that is made out of a wheelchair and crutches. Even though it sort of exists in this photo as a kind of sculptural install, that materiality of thinking about what it is to consider that are the symbols that we associate with like a patriot or patriotism or things around sort of like service and flags and garments and, and engaging in battle. But what do we do when the idea of someone like a soldier has come to the end of their use and the materials that are associated with them sort of coming to the end of their use in this country might be something like a wheelchair, might be something like crutches, uh, because the state has has used their body in such a way that it has come to the end of its use to make those kind of materials part of a larger story of repurposing and reimagining what a patriot looks like in this moment. I mean, that feels really brilliant in a way that it does more with those materials than than even we're doing with language around it right now, which feels super sharp and, and really important. Come on with the on the cuff brilliance. I love that. The church boy in me wants to like cue, cue organ. Like it's like it's a sermon. I love it. It also feels like weirdly ecological to me in the sense that in part discarding things when they have exceeded their use, use value is like kind of how we got in this mess. Right, so it's it's like intersecting all of these like historical and political things, but also like this ecological crisis that we're in. So it feels like all of all of that. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us, folks who are listening in. Please tune back in. This has been a conversation with Brittany Webb and James Claiborne about makeshift. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Fox's 2020 juried show. There are more conversations to come, so please come back. A special thank you to all the Vox members who pulled together, put so much effort into helping support the Juried Show and also creating this incredible publication. If you haven't seen the full e-publication yet, make sure to head to our website at voxpopuligallery.org. Thanks for listening to Vox Populi's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to hear more from Brittany and James and for periodic audio happenings. Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's all we're missing. (laughs) Who had aliens on there? Who had that? I was waiting. I was like, they gotta be coming. I know, I was like, (laughs) I'm like, can they take me with them? Try to get out this country and maybe off this earth. <laughs> Show me your art. <laughs> <laughs>